This is Eighth Day Encouragement, a recap of the Sunday service, offering hope and faith from the Church of the Holy Trinity, Manhattan. You can find us online at holytrinity-nyc.org. Several days ago, an opinion piece in the New York Times was written by a healthcare policy professor, Anupam Jenna from Harvard. Uh, Professor Jenna points out that while the politicization of the pandemic has been undeniable, the focus on differences can obscure a simple truth that everyone has made sacrifices, no one has been spared, and the shared experience of the last year and a half has been sorely underappreciated relative to the differences. The data, he argues, also suggests that while there are some large disparities that fall along political lines, undeniably, in vaccinations, self-reported mask use, closures of businesses and schools, people's actual behavior has not been quite as polarized as portrayed. In other words, what people have been willing to take risks for during the pandemic, those things have been very similar. Especially focused in this article are the numbers of people, no matter what their points of view, who took time out to celebrate birthdays, even at the height of the pandemic. Well, there seems to be something in, in each of us that spots whatever is different from ourselves and causes us to think that it might be a threat. Whether we think of Democrats versus Republicans, vegans versus meat eaters, the vaccinated versus the unvaccinated, or that deadly rivalry close at home, the Yankees versus the Mets, we all, or most of us, seem to have a tendency to spot the other. And then having diagnosed the other, somehow that asserts our own identity. And the farther we go in that direction, the more solid are the will, the walls that we build, whether real or imagined. In today's epistle lesson from Paul's letter to the Ephesians, chapter 2, Paul writes in terms that may sound strange to us today. He writes about the circumcised and the uncircumcised, hardly topics one might expect to hear about on a hot uh, Sunday morning in July. But Paul is really just using shorthand for a conversation about Jews and Gentiles, Gentiles being everyone who is not specifically and ritually and traditionally Jewish. You see, by the time of the letter to the Ephesians, the early church was filled with at least these two kinds of people. Some were former Jews who had decided to follow Christ. Many probably still thought of themselves as loyal and and faithful Jews, even though they had in many places already been driven out of synagogues. But these Jews still followed Jesus and were successful at inviting non-Jews to join the movement. There was the Ethiopian eunuch, for example. There was the centurion Cornelius. And before long, there were many, many more who were not Jewish. And so it's in this atmosphere that Paul preaches, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ, for he is our peace. In his flesh, he has made both groups into one and has broken down the dividing wall, that is the the hostility between us. 
He has abolished the law with its commandments and ordinances that he might create in himself one new humanity in place of the two, thus making peace. In today's gospel, even Jesus seems a little weary of making peace, a little weary of all the different kinds of people who are running after him and and needing attention, needing healing or help of some other kind. It's as if here, as in a few other places in the scriptures, Jesus suggests that I'm here to minister among the faithful Jews, these and no more. I can't be here for everyone. And with that, Jesus takes his loyal disciples off to a lonely place. But no sooner do they get there than there are other strangers, people from all over the place. And slowly, or perhaps deeply, Jesus understands yet again that God's love is for everyone, that Jesus' mission and vocation is for all the world. There's no end to the wideness of God's mercy, to the fullness of God's fellowship. We all are probably tempted sometimes to surround ourselves with those who agree with us. If you're like me and watch a lot of PBS, you may have noticed the new Viking Cruise commercial. It offers its beautiful, pretty message, welcome back to the world. And they invite us to take their trips, providing an opportunity to connect with other like-minded people, as they say. While we all might feel those urges from time to time, when I really think about it, I can't imagine a more boring world. A world where everyone was like me, where everyone had read the same things and thought the same things and believed the same things. What a boring, boring place. A lot would be different if that were my goal, and certainly I don't think I would be a part of the Episcopal Church. Whether it is the worldwide Christian church trying to get along or the Episcopal church or a local parish like this one, the good but sometimes difficult news of the gospel is that all are welcome. It doesn't matter if you're a lifelong Christian or brand new. It doesn't matter if you're still trying to figure God out. God spreads a table before us, before us all in the presence of those who trouble us, like Psalm 23 reminds us. God anoints us with holy oil and fills our cup until it's overflowing. God's goodness and mercy will follow us all the days of our life, and we will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. May God continue to remind us of God's holy welcome that in Christ is our peace and we can extend that peace to all the world. Let us pray. Almighty God, the fountain of all wisdom, you know our necessities before we ask and our ignorance in asking. Have compassion on our weakness and mercifully give us those things which for our unworthiness we dare not and for our blindness we cannot ask. Through the worthiness of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. On July 18th at the 11 o'clock service of the Holy Eucharist, um, a member of our choir, Abigail Rayford, sings a setting by Aaron Copeland of the Shaker hymn, Simple Gifts.
You've been listening to Eighth Day Encouragement. The eighth day is a Monday after the seven days of the week, but the eighth day also stands as a new creation outside the pattern of the usual seven. And so the eighth day symbolizes resurrection, hope, and the possibilities for new life. I'm John Bedingfield, the priest and rector at the Church of the Holy Trinity, Manhattan. I hope you'll come and visit us in person one day, but you can also worship with us through Facebook Live, follow us on YouTube, and learn more at holytrinity-nyc.org. God bless you this week and always.